going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the RSM Classic. As usual, I am here with everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambley. Tyler, what is up, my friend? What is going on, Kenny? The final episode of the swing season. We talked about it last week. We made it. We got through it last week. Another great week. We'll get into it in a second. Before we get into it, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by prizepicks.com. Head on over to prizepicks.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself 100% deposit bonus up to your first $100. Talked about it plenty throughout the swing season, Kenny, but we will have the segment, all of that. When the season gets here, the regular season, they'll have lines up. We'll be able to go through it with you guys more. Pick a bunch of those prize picks winners. On top of the fact right now, if you do want to get some prize picks winners, you can just subscribe to this channel, Mayo Media Network, right here in the bottom corner. Hit the like, hit the subscribe at the same time. Get all the free content that myself, Pat, many others are putting out on the channel. A lot of different prize pick show shows, sorry, for NFL. So check that out. Kenny, another big week, man. Got Henley last week, got Finau last week, 25 to 1. Huge number. Was very excited about that. Good DFS week. Another W for Finau. It's been incredible. I think Kyle Porter posted out the, the tweet. It was like two, took him 211 starts to get his second win. And then now he's got three and seven. So I, I know there's other stuff out there about where he's getting them and whatever. I, I mean, who cares? The guy's winning tournaments. It's the best in the world that are showing up that he can play against that want to be at that tournament. So good for him getting the job done. And it was pretty easy getting this one done. So what do you think I mean, of the event? You got to think of majors coming for him next year, right? He had that year where he top 10 every single major. What was that, like two, three years ago? And now he's winning. It's got to come, right? I mean, I don't know if I'm going to do any outrights or any any futures bets on it because the futures market is so shitty, uh, especially with these guys that are up near the top um, all the time. But, you know, the guy's been playing exceptionally well. He was my second highest owned guy uh, on the slate. Lost money. Uh, yeah, it wasn't great. Cash games. What, what worst cash of the week? Of course, after you know a five and one start and talking myself up, I'm down to five and three. But we still have a chance. Still have a chance to go six and three for the fall swing, which would be a nice little way to go into uh, the holiday season. Uh, yeah, definitely looking for this week, this month off. Doing freaking forty plus shows. A year for seven straight years. Yeah, every every month break is nice. So, yeah, other stuff about the tournament. Uh, we had that guy who finished second, uh, Tyson Alexander. I didn't even know he was a golfer. He's one guy I just passed, didn't even look at when he played for the for the Corn Ferry Tour. And a guy named Tyson is either got to be like, you know, six foot eight or, you know, a fighter or some shit like that. I didn't even know there was a, a, a Tyson in golf. Uh, the guy's six one, uh, you know, so he's sort of tall. Also, you know, he's been in, he's been a, a pro for 11 years. Uh, I think last year uh, he missed qualifying, uh, getting his card by one stroke. Uh, and then this year he got his card by, I don't know, I, I don't know how he got his card, but he finally got his card after 11 years. So pretty big moment for this guy uh, getting second place. Um, other than that, I mean, man, these fall events haven't been that exciting. Another runaway. Uh, what is that? Two winners or three winners for you in the fall so far? Tambo? Three, three total, but I forget the first one, but it's two in a row. So yeah, I'm so three, total for, three total for Tambo. I had one. So hey, a 50% hit rate almost. Uh, you know, good, by us. Good, yeah. yeah, I'll give Tambo the majority of the credit since he's hit three. Uh, but but uh, we still got a week to go. Maybe we can make it five. Five out of nine would be nice. It'd be really, really nice. And I and I, I've been going crazy on my betting card here lately. This one's a normal card, uh, not going too insane. But yeah, I mean, it was it was an event. Yeah, a fall, not great. 
you know, the, the fall next year, hopefully it'll be better with this crazy new schedule uh, that they got. But I mean, it just, it hasn't really been much CTV in the fall. Let's just say that. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right. So let's just forget the recap. Let's go. <laughs> the recap's good enough. Tafina wins. Whoops that ass. He could probably win again this week. Uh, so, but before we move on, let's go uh, talk about no listener league this week, Tambo. No, no listener league. We talked last week about it. it's going to be the same for this week. So the main thing is for the regular season, be back full swing guaranteed every week. Hopefully we can make it bigger. Like it's going to start out at 750 get to a thousand probably pretty quickly. And then from there, it depends on how quickly it fills, what we'll get it up to for the majors and all of that. But it's again, it's a, it's a solid one looking to try and angle. I'm going to, I'm trying to angle them a little bit more for that rake free, but we'll see either way. The, the fact that they put it on last season for certain events where there was hundreds that didn't fill it or get into it sort of balances out the rake even more when it was already a around 10% rake tournament throughout the season, all those weeks that they still ran it at the full cap when we didn't fill it up for the full money, it does even it out across the board. So always one of the tournaments that you'll want to join. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's move on to this week. Let's go to the St. Simons, the PTA tour heads to St. Simons Island, Georgia for the second, for the last event of the 2020 calendar year, the RSM classic. We played at two sea Island resorts, golf clubs, the seaside course and the plantation course. Um, anytime you're a plantation course in the South, Seems sort of weird. We'll just leave it at that. Anyways. <laughs> so um, anyways, golfers will be playing each of the two courses during the first two rounds. Uh, then finish the weekend in the sea, at the seaside course. Um, and I lost my place of where I was reading. All right. Just like normal events, top 65 and ties uh, make the cut. Uh, it used to be called the McGladry's Classic. And all iterations of the tournament have been played at Sea Island. 2015 was the first year that they went with the two-course rotation. Uh, personally, I want to be focusing more on seaside course when it comes to DFS since three of the four rounds we played there, and it has plenty of course history. <coughs> now, one thing of note is that the plantation course played tougher uh, in, in the last few years, uh, especially in 2020. Uh, prior to that, the plantation course was a big-time birdie fest, but the redesign by DL3 made the course a wee bit more difficult. Still not hard but a little bit more difficult than what it was. Uh, this was mostly caused by the new greens and a, and a bit of wind. The greens were extremely firm in 2020, and DL30 added a bunch more slope. Um, all golfers were forced to hit certain quadrants of these greens to get a true birdie shot. Uh, now, low scores were still had, but the overall score at the plantation course went up from the previous years. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean the plantation course will be the same difficulty uh, or easiness this year, but even last year, uh, the seaside course had a bunch more uh, low scores in the first two days. Oh, I'm sorry, the plantation course had a bunch more um, low scores the first two days than seaside had. Uh, in the first round last year, nine golfers shot 63 or better in round one, while only three shot 63 or better uh, at the plantation. Now, overall, the two courses <coughs> in 2021 played almost the same difficulty wise. I think one was like 31st and one was 33rd uh so now maybe the grass has grown in on the greens at plantation and they haven't and they have become softer but if they haven't it's possible the plantation course uh could become a more difficult course though still easy when it comes to tour players uh, also the rain's going to have a little bit of effect it looks like it's going to be uh softer conditions <coughs> at least on thursday with the rain in the forecast now sea island is home to many tour golfers and many in the tournament that have ties to the area, but not limited to, you know, 
uh, Matt Kuchar, Zach Johnson, CH3 when he was on the tour, Harris English, Kazire, Harmon, JT Poston, Chris Kirk, and Kevin Kisner are some part-time residents here. Uh, prior to 2017, the Sea Island Mafia uh, hadn't performed too well on their home course, but in the last five years or so, we've seen a bunch of good play from them. Uh, ZJ, Kirk, Kisner, and Harmon have combined for eight top eight finishes the last five years. JT Poster finished 14th a couple of years ago. English had a good finish a couple of years ago. Kazire had a good finish last year and CH3, uh, you know, while he was, uh, you know, still on the tour, uh, won in 2018. Also, a lot of golfers who played college golf in the SEC have experience here as the SEC championship is usually played on this course. And I wouldn't get too caught up in the home field advantage, but it's something to think about. It's out there. Uh, now, weather also could play a huge factor. Seaside course is a link-style course where the wind can play havoc for golfers. As of now, it looks like 20-plus mile-per-hour winds are in the forecast all day Thursday with rain added to the mix. This could be important in first-round first round showdown contests, first-round leader bets, and wave stacking. Uh, if the winds are high any of the first two days, I would probably look at golfers playing the plantation course as that course is a bit more shielded to the wind. Uh, the winning score, usually in the high teens and low 20s under par, with 70% of fairways being hit and 75% of greens being hit here over the years. This event usually comes down to who puts best on these Tiff Eagle Bermuda greens. Uh, if you're looking for correlated courses, uh, Harbor Town, um, Wailai, uh, a couple of them uh, that are pretty close, Sony even, uh, those, those short coastal tracks, um, uh, tournament champions. That one might be just a little bit different because of the elevation changes, but you know, any, any short coastal track will be, will be, uh, you know, a, a good correlation here. And the two Harbor town and wildlife, I think are the best uh, six of the 12 winners at sea Island have had a top five or better uh, on one of those two courses prior to their win here. Now the seaside course uh, it's a 7,000, 7,005 yard par 70, four par threes and two par fives. Uh, in dry conditions, both par fives should be reachable by a lot of golfers in the field as long as the wind isn't in their faces. Uh, the course is a traditional link style course with the ocean breeze playing a big factor. Off the tee, golfers see average size fairways that actually get more narrow as golfers get closer to the hole. Uh, this leads to a lot of golfers using less than driver off the tee. Uh, nearly 70% of all uh, fairways have been hit here over the Year, so the numbers back up the fact that this is a less than driver course. Uh, the rough around the fairway is you know, fairly tall and thick, but the course is so short, it shouldn't present too many issues as long as golfers have a short iron in their hands. If golfers miss the fairway, they're going to have to deal with bunkers, marshlands, seaside vegetation, sandy native areas, and plenty of water. The fairways themselves are rolling and hilly and should play firm. On approach shots, golfers will see large overseeded Bermuda grass greens with a stick meter rating of around 11 and a half. Most of the greens are elevated and have a good amount of slope undulation. Greenside bunkers guard the putting surface and the rough looks a bit thicker than it does around the fairways. Now the plantation course, 7,058 yard par 72, four par threes, four par fives. All the par fives are reachable with none being longer than 560 yards. The course went through a bit of a redesign a few years ago. Like I said, bunkers being removed and grass on the greens being replaced. Uh, as noted earlier, this along with the wind made the course play much tougher than we've seen in the, uh, in the past a couple of years ago, past two years, I'd say. Uh, other than that, 
Uh, off the tee golfers will see wide tree-lined fairways with similar rough dimensions as Seaside. There are a lot more bunkers compared to Seaside, and water is going to be a factor just like on its sister course. The large trees should shield the course a bit from the wind, unlike Seaside. The fairways are relatively flat, but they should have a good amount of roll on them if conditions are dry. On approach shots, golfers will see much smaller greens compared to the Seaside course, with a lot more bunkering uh, guarding the greens. It's possible, uh, you know, with this new grass that the greens will continue to play firm. Something we have to check out uh, as we hear interviews and uh, watch Golf Channel as the week goes on. Tambo. Yeah, a couple things. One, uh, just going back to last week, I was pulling it up as you were talking, but the number one, folks, so you, you brought up a few good points. One, looking at the courses, the potential for, as always, if there's weather or course rotation, something like that you want to do, you can definitely do the stacks. Last week, in the end of the week, uh, a PMAM wave did end up coming to be like something huge. I think it was two and a half stroke advantage that it ended up getting through. I didn't build all my lineups that way last week, but we talked about it a little on the show about building for both sides. Anytime you're in Texas, talked about it at the Rumpier Sports Discord a little bit more, and it ended up being a huge advantage. Some of my main lineups, even it worked out that all the guys I liked were in the PM except for Scotty. So I still had like 30% Scotty and I played him. But in some of the other lineups, I just plugged in Finau because of that. He was the other guy I liked and obviously bet at 25 to one. But just of note, Kenny, last week, some of the ownership, like, so yeah, Scheffler was on, but Finau way down, ends up winning it. Smalley, we like, didn't get very, barely any ownership. Jagger didn't get barely any ownership. You know, Damon got some. Woodland, Bramlett, Mitchell, those guys were all solid plays. Didn't get much ownership. Wyndham Clark, all there. So I will say this, it's been a, a great swing season from a DFS perspective because everyone's just playing the same guys like always and, and focusing on the other sports. So I'm definitely going to continue to look at that again. I was just pulling up the chart to look at it. And that was some of the names that stood out. I think we'll see that here again this week. The other interesting point, Kenny, aside from the stats, and you brought up all the good stuff there. We have good course history. We have good stats to go off of all that, but there is a lot of just like the, the top is so heavy with feet out again, but it's a back-to-back. Can he go back-to-back? I don't know. He's won three and seven. We'll talk in a second about that, but after that, it's a, a huge drop-off, right? Like Power, Harmon, Hoagie, Montgomery, who, by the way, lost it last week. He ends up still making the cut, but we, we talked him up, and that was the title of the pod. Did not come through. We'll get there in a second. But after that, Kenny, the 9K down to about 70, maybe 7,300 is basically the same guy. So if you want to play, you know, if you got an $8,400 guy in there, Webb Simpson, and you decide instead that you want to play whoever, Trey Mullinex or Luke List or whatever. They, they really are like the same dude. The numbers bear it out the same way and stats in some, in some cases, all of that. So uh, you could leave a little money on the table this week as well. Just talking from a couple strategy perspectives there, but nothing else huge other than that, man. We'll talk through it as we go tier by tier. Let's go to the top tier. We got 10K and up. We only got three guys uh, up here. I mean, it's simple for me. Finau in first cash game cornerstone. Power is going to be my highest zone in GPPs. That, that's the way it's going to go. Finau can win again. I got no problem. He's the class of the field. At 11-2, you can still afford him. I got one guy in my cash lineup right now that's like 6,900. Not going to be hard to guess who that is. He's not one of my cash game cornerstones. But he's a guy who's played here like 875 million times and has made the cut each time. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Tony uh, up top, all right? And then, uh, and then Seamus coming off a win, getting like another top five. Uh, I think he's top five top 10 here at this at this uh event in the past those are the two guys i'm playing yeah last year he got fourth you talked about it. he just came off a third before that a win so 
I can see that. I mean, it still does take a lot. I will say that. Finau, you can put him at whatever ownership you want here pretty much, and he looks good still. So that that's kind of the difference. He's the class of the field. He's playing well. Now he has, he, you know, this is what we talked about last week, Kenny, was, you know, the comparison I believe I gave on the show was him with Sam Burns. Sam Burns had been seventh twice at the Houston Open, coming off of a seventh. Finau knocked the rust off. But if you went back to before that recent seventh place for Burns, you'd had basically the same finishes. Like Burns had a, had three top 20s or something versus Fina had a ninth, a 28th, and a fifth. And I was like, so actually he has the more upside from recent. He's won more recently. Again, Burns won a lot last year, so can't take that away. But it, when the angle of ownership, that made sense. And you could even get off uh, Scheffler there in some cases as well. So right here, it's tough to go to those other two. I know Harmon. Like, I don't know, stats are going to look good for him for the fairways and the greens and just sort of the short knockers course. We talk about it all the time, the Kisners of the world that have great history here and stuff, but it's still pretty tough. I like, I actually like Harmon more than power, but it's going to be tough to get off of Finau up top here. So Finau with a little bit of Harmon is where I'm seeing it as of right now for this upper three guys. All right. Yeah. I've been struggling in cash up top. Like the reason I've been losing in cash the last couple of weeks was because I had burns last week. And then, of course, I had uh, Horsel the week before, and they, they, they screwed me. So that's why I'm going with Tony. First cash game cornerstone. I feel safe with him. I feel at worst in you know, a top 10 finish from this guy. The guy's just been playing unbelievable golf for, uh, you know, an extended period of time. Now he's getting wins. He's uber confident. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll stick with Tony and cash. And then uh, I went ahead and bet Seamus a 25 to 1 as well. I'll be using uh, a lot of Seamus power this week. Let's go to this uh, 9K range. We got Naismith all the way up to Hollywood Hoagie. What are you doing here, man? I I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting range. One of the things is if you think that Tony won't go back-to-back, you know, I think the next inclination would be for people to go to Power or Harmon because, like what you said, like, again, they'll pop a little bit. Power with what he's coming in here with, coming off the fourth, all that. Hoagie, McCarthy, you know, um, some of those guys there, they've, they've got an interesting history here. So you'll see where, where it looks good on paper. So maybe you see that, but I, I do see a spot here, Kenny, where you could go three guys in this nine K range, because like I said, after you get like, once you get past pretty much McCarthy, maybe like a Kucher or Patrick Rogers from what we've been seeing lately. But once you get to that Mackenzie Hughes play and down, it's pretty much all the same guy for me from 7,300 up to 8,500 ish. So uh, I like Taylor Penders. We'll get there after, but I guess that's my point. So I would have no problem. Kenny loading up and the read that's why I'm saying it and babbling on is if you take three here, I mean, even two, but if you take three here, you have to skip that next big eight K range. And people will say what they say. You can pick up leverage there based on that because the Tony lineups will skip it too. But realistically, that's just how I see it play out. So uh, interesting here, Hoagie, uh, Keith Mitchell, Jason Day, they've all been playing good golf. What are you Mitchell, doing with Day? Are you going to play him? I, th- I think so, yeah. Good, man. I mean, he's gaining strokes and approaches like in six or seven 16th, straight events. 21st, 11th, 8th. It all yeah. looks good. He's yeah. If you go the past three months. And I, I think another big thing about this course is, you know, his injury problems dealt from his back. And a lot of that issue has to be the torque in your driver. Yeah. You don't have to hit too many drivers here. Yeah, I'm not in love with him, but you bring up good points. I was going to say, if you go three months back, which is a fair statement, he's got you know similar rounds to most of the, like Hoagie has 26, Day has 18. And then you look at the stats for greens of regulation, strokes gain total, scrambling, all of that. Jay Day is leading it. So I actually have no problem with him here at all. And then I was going to say too, Keith Mitchell is the guy I have most interest in. 
here. Again, he looks okay on the stats, but just off of last week, I kind of like that. You look at everything else, 12th, 44th, 14th, the last three years here, ninth last week, stats look okay. I'm good with him at 9,300. McCarthy, the interesting one at 9,100. Again, another guy, if you go look at the history, 10th, miscut, 8th, coming in off a 53rd and a 6th. Stats look pretty good. I think you could go to him as well, but I like those other two better, Day and Mitchell. I saw I like Day, and I saw like Naismith a little bit. I mean, he had the he had that run where he had like three straight top tens, top fifteens. Took a month off, finished like fifty fifth last week. Uh, you know, he's had good. He has positive course history here. He's played well. The numbers don't really lie about him. I mean, I mean, stat wise, approach game, tee to green, birdies, uh, par three scoring, all solid. Uh, I like Naismith a bit at nine thousand dollars. Just going down a little bit. Uh, in the 8K range, I think I'm going to play the villain. I think I want to oh, yeah. play cheap, cheap, cheapskate Kuchar, uh at 8,900. I don't think I've played him yet this season. Uh, so he's probably going to miss the cut. Uh, but I, I want to play Kuchar this week. My second cash game cornerstone is going to be Mac Hughes. Once again, finished runner-up here last year. Um, the guys had, what, three top 15, three top 25 finishes in a row. Uh, you know, so, I mean, the guys were playing exceptional golf. Yes, a lot of it has to be has been done with his putter, but that's who he is. Uh, you know, that's who he is. He putts well. The funny thing is he finished second here last year and didn't even gain a stroke putting. Uh, so maybe he likes this course from – you know, from off the tee and, and from the, uh, from, from the fairway as well. And if he putts good, I mean, he finished second last year where he gained 0.2 strokes putting, he gets his normal three or four. I mean, he wins in a landslide uh, and he's playing good golf. I think he finished top 10 again last week. The lone bright spot in my cash game cornerstones. Uh, so I'm going to go back to Matt Hughes uh, once again, even with a thousand dollar raise in price. I also want to talk about Justin Rose. Um, this past week, you know, Tony, uh, uh, here's a here's a narrative for you. Okay. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, he hadn't won in three years, finally won. Rio Ishikawa, hadn't won in three years, finally won, both yesterday. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Justin Rose, hasn't won in three years. Maybe it's his time. <laughs> Played well last week, finished sticks. Yeah. I got him in 45 to one. Decent course history. He's had some good finishes here. I'll, I'll play a little bit of Rosie uh, at, at 8,200 uh, for 45 to one odds. Yeah, I don't mind that. Who do you like? That, what's so funny is I bet him. I got him at 60, a good number. Oh, nice. Yeah. But I just don't have that narrative really related to it. So that, that that was a good one. These two randoms haven't won for three years. So maybe maybe, maybe this third does. random. I, I wonder win, what the win. bucket is on that. Like how many guys fall into that bucket where you could put the same narrative? I have probably shit time. Probably a shit time. Yeah. Um, Speaking of which, by by the way, the you know TF the initials used to stand for two frauds when you talked about Tony Finau and Tommy Fleetwood. Not anymore, and and again, just jokingly, but we, um, we love Tommy them both. needs to win in the goddamn states first. But I now they both have to do exactly. <coughs> Everyone's been looking for that, right? They both have. Done, you can't talk them down. I know some of the guys were out there shooting Tony down yesterday because he hasn't been in these big time events. And I even saw Max Homa step into his defense and say like, "Oh, winning the the 125 man like we get some of the biggest tournaments." With the, you know these guys here, like he basically saying like Fino did. Plenty. He went a whole year and finished top ten in every single major. The guy and, has, and yeah, he's won three of his last argument. seven. Like I, yeah. he's beating yeah, no. the fields that are put in front of him. That's the whole yeah. point. Like I don't give a shit what event you're winning. It's a PGA event. It's almost the, harder to do that sometimes when you are a prohibitive favorite. Yeah. You know, and that too. That's the other funny part that you say that actually not to keep it rolling, but just to say it. 
is that people will say that like the, the putting contest stuff. Well, the guy is just joining any tournament that everyone else is eligible to join and whoever joins it, joins it. I mean, Scotty Scheffler was there this week. It was no fear for Tony Finau. He just goes out and gets the job done handily. So I don't know. You can't really take anything away from him. I just thought that was funny. Uh, going into this 8K range, I'm with you on Kucher. Rogers, fine. Looked really good lately. Pendrith, I'll give him a pass. We're still trying to get the uh, the baby swag from Pendrith. Just had a new baby. So hopefully it could be this week. Maybe others will be off because he definitely hurt people, hurt me on Sunday quite a bit. I had a couple opportunities there where him and Steele, Steele withdrew probably for the best. He was playing worse, worse by the hole. But either way, that type of stuff happens is what it is. Pendrith, though, I'll give a chance to bounce back. And then not as much at the bottom. Davis Riley, again, continues to be popular. It's okay. I bet him because I'm not missing on the last fall event of the year, but this is getting into territory where I might need to just cut it off. It's almost reminiscent of me making fun of people continuing to bet Will Zalatoris. I, I'm continuing to bet Davis Riley, and it's been a problem. So still at 50, I don't mind. I'm still getting him at 50 to 1 in a weak field, but We'll have to keep an eye on that, Kenny, because it has not been good. It, it's not coming through. So I don't know your thoughts on him, if you want to add to it. But at Rose, I'm with you. I just, I don't love this 8K range. So I'm just, these are guys I would consider and like. I'm not sure how many I'll actually end up getting into the pool based on my roster construction. Go ahead in the 7K range, Tama. Do you like Riley? I don't know, man. I, I, I He has not marked so far. I've marked uh, like about 30 guys that I'm looking at right now. Oh, you know what? I marked him. So maybe I'll take a peek at him. He's there. Yeah, he, uh, I, I don't know though. I, don't I, I know. saw some, some chat today about like some people think he's not as good or he's not as advertised, but I don't know. Like again, when Tony Romo's saying it, who cares when Will Zalatoris, well, who's yeah, never going to say a does, bad thing about him. He does have buddy. a little bit of an advantage, right? He went to Alabama, right? So they're playing the SEC championship at this course. So he has experience. I would think, right? Yeah. I mean, I, that's all I'm saying. But like when Will Zalatoris, who obviously is not going to say shit about him, like they're buddies, but when he's saying, like, watch out for this guy, he's going to be top 10 in the world. I mean, that's a guy who knows golf that's playing with him all the time, every day, you know, oftentimes practice rounds, things like that. You see reports posted of it or them out playing with Romo and all that stuff that I brought up earlier. So I don't know. I, I think, again, we continue to roll with it. I'm not going to get off the, get off now. But like I said, it is getting into that territory where I just keep betting the guy no matter what. So in the 7K range at the top, I like this. I like Andrew Putnam. He looks really good across the stats. He's had some of the most rounds of anybody in the last three months in this field. And it's solid numbers across the board. Great scrambler can find his way around putter. All that's there. So he looks pretty good to me in this range. You go down to JJ spawn looks really good. I'll, I'll save that for you. Right. Spoiler alert, but Smalley, the, these guys all stand out. Rye showed a little something. Scott Stallings, Hardy's my other guy that I like Chris Kirk. All, like I said, all these guys here stand out to me as the same as the 8k guys or better. So I mentioned guys in the 8K range, but I may just end up playing a bunch more of these guys and skipping it entirely. Yeah, I mean, Smalley and Spawn are going to be my final two cash game cornerstones. Smalley, like three straight top 20s in a row. The guy's been playing excellent golf. His iron game is really, really strong. Uh, really good on par fours. Uh, I do, and it, so he's my third cash game cornerstone. My fourth cash game cornerstone is JJ Spawn. Um, made all five cuts this season. Uh, I think three or four top 25s uh, has a good track record here at sea Island. Um, you know, iron game, well above average, uh, you know, wedges above average par four scoring well above average. Let me go ahead and go spawn. So my four cash game cornerstones this week, Tony Finau at 11, two Mac Hughes at eight, six 
Um, Smalley at 7-9, Spawn at 7-8, leaves 14-5 for the rest of your lineup. And then, like I said earlier, $6,900, that's where one of my cash game coins, one of my my fifth cash play is. You can probably guess that. Um, Other guys I do like in this range, I like the Putnam call. I'm sort of surprised you brought him up. I was hoping he'd be low-owned, like a sneaky play, because Wyndham Clark's been playing well. And um, and then Smalley's been playing well. I was hoping he'd get lost in the shuffle, but I've already seen him written up a couple of times today. So he might be a little bit more popular than I expected. Still, I like him. Harris English, I'm going back. I think he's won here before, uh, if I'm not mistaken, or at least had had some good finishes. I mean, he's from the area. This is his course. Uh, I, and I think, you know, it's, he's making cuts. He hasn't really gotten past that edge. Maybe he can do it finally here and now at a course he's supremely comfortable at. So I like Harris English. Uh, Scott Stallings, again, hasn't missed a cut in a while. Uh, has decent course history here, and the stats are really, really good. Uh, I think he comes fifth in my model. Uh, the big thing for him is his, is his stellar wedge play. The majority of approach shots are going to be from 100 to 150 yards uh, at this course. He's top 10 in both of those in the last 50 rounds in this field. Um, so I like Stallings as well. If we go down a little bit more to the bottom half of this range, JT Poston hasn't been playing very well, but he, you know, you've seen him play this course. It's his home course. Uh, I probably go back to him a little bit. I really like Taylor Moore. Uh, I think he finished top 10 here last year. Uh, he might've missed a cut last week, but prior to that, he had been playing really good golf in the fall. Uh, I think the price tag is a little bit cheap for him. So I like Taylor Moore at 7,400. Ben Griffin, you know, after that really, really bad, loss a couple of weeks ago where he just choked it all away um he's come back and fought uh and, and showed some moxie and did, hasn't let that bother him i think he's made both of the cuts uh since then i, I could be wrong at least one of the two uh and, and he had a decent finish in one of them uh so I, I like his mental fortitude after what happened because for a guy like him who hasn't been on tour i don't think he's a younger guy i think he's been a journeyman type guy um and and, and for him to get that close and have it snatched away uh, can really, really affect your mental, uh, you know, when it comes to golf. But it looks like he's played his way through, and he looks like it hasn't bothered him, which is pretty strong for him. So I, I like um, I like Ben Griffin. Uh, just going down, Luke List is another guy who's – it's funny. I mean, this course takes away his biggest weapon, but damn it, he plays well here. Uh, you know, you wouldn't think of Luke List as playing these short coastal tracks as being his thing, but – this course right here, uh, he feels right at home on it. Uh, I don't know why, but uh, yeah, I'll go with him. Goderup down here, who played pretty well last week at the at the uh, qualifying event. Uh, uh, I think uh, it was at the corn. Was it the Corn Ferry Tour champion? I think he, he played something or something. Yeah, yeah, he he played something recently. Played really well. Um, I'll go back to him. Who do you like in the bottom seven k? Uh, some of the same guys. Yeah. I like the Taylor Moore call. That's pretty interesting. Like you said, just to, you know, everything looks good and you see it like again, the bigger greens and stuff, he can just find his way around here. It always comes down to the putter with him. So um, it's going back to Steven Yeager. I'm sticking with him. He's another guy. Just think of these prices. They can pop like Taylor Moore. You gave the example eighth last year. Yeah. He missed the cut last week, but before that 23rd, 12th, 24th, 36th and a missed cut. That to me is like what you want at these price tags. So I got no that problem. price tag. Yeah. Yeah. Ben Griffin, you mentioned it back in like 2016 or 18, he missed a cut here, but 16th and 59th since the third 16th last week included, like, like, like you said, just bounced right back. Luke list. I always like 
Stenson reminds me of Taylor Moore. You're going to get the fairways, greens. Does he make the putts? You can take a shot at 7,200. Molinari, we, we've been playing this guy a little bit lately. I don't, I don't know, 47, 68. It's like a cheaper Harris English. Been I will say, I, for, and getting, go I, ahead. I, I did forget like my favorite play in this lower Oh, yeah, yeah. go ahead. What do you got? It's going to be Sam Ryder. Uh, now, when you look at it, only six players rank in the top 40 in both. Uh, this is from um, PGA Tout's article. John, I forget his last name. Hausbauer. Uh, so I, I don't remember it. how to say it, but love yeah, his yeah. stuff. Yeah, of course. Yeah, his, his work is great. And this is from his article this, uh, today on thelines.com. Uh, uh, six players rank top 40 in strokes gain approach and weighted putting this year. Finau, Hoagie. Sam Ryder, Hadley, Adam Long, and Mark Hubbard so far in the fall. Those are the only six guys that are top 40 in strokes gain approach and weighted putting. Uh, Sam Ryder, he had a really strong finish. He was he was up there in the last couple of weeks, but I know he had like a, a couple of bad rounds. I forget where he ended up. Uh, but, you know, eliminate those one poor rounds per per uh, event, and he's, he's in the top of the leaderboard. Uh, I really like Sam Ryder this week. Uh, He will be highly owned by me. Um, Anybody else in the 7K range? Uh, Yeah, I I just want to do this while we're here before I forget. But Sam Ryder, first round leader is always a thing. And I wouldn't think about it if not for that reminder. So what is it? What's his number? It's got to be like 60, 50. No, it'll be more than that. It's not up yet for some reason. No option, but I wrote it down. So anyway, and Brendan yeah. Steele was 75 to one. He was around the same price last week. And I bet uh, on DK, I think it was $7,100. I bet him 75 to one. So I would figure it's probably close to there. Yeah. I would like that again. I'm going to bet it. It's just not up yet, but I'm, I'll mark that down. I've only got five bets later in a double. So we'll talk about that. But um, Shank was another one here. Um, well, not really like Shank Hostler. They always stand out, but just in general, um, Russell Knox played good last week. I don't mind him. And then Patton Kazire was the other one that I was looking for here. So again, nothing special about him, but he's one of the long shots that I bet this week. So I'll definitely play him in DFS, but a- anybody else that you like, Kenny? Yeah. I mean, if we, if we go down to the six K range, I mean, I just spoke about chess and Hadley top 40 and approach top 40 and putting. Uh, I'll play that at $6,900. Zach Johnson. I mean, the guys made every cut here possible. Uh, you know, he played last week and he made the cut. So at least he got the rust off and he made a cut. Uh, I think he'll be fine here. I think he'll be fine for your last cash play. Uh, if you're playing, just throw that punt play in there so you can afford Finau up top. Zach Johnson, you could do a lot worse than Zach Johnson. Um, uh, John Hull, a couple of top 15s here, back-to-back, uh, you know, in a row. Uh, Tyson Alexander, his price hasn't gone down. He finished second last week. 6,700, 250 to one. I mean, if I had each way, that'd be beautiful. Uh, but I, I took the 250 to one uh, for a guy who's coming off like his best finish on tour. You know, he's got to be sky high, uh, super that? confident. What? Which guy's that? Tyson Alexander. Oh, again, going with Alexander. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. I was going to say somebody else. I thought you were mentioning him. No, Tyson Alexander. I mean, you know, I'm not going to, I don't know if I'll play him, but Streb's won here twice. Yeah. Uh, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, there's guys, Andrew Novak, local guy. Uh, good finish last week. Uh, had a good finish on the Corn Ferry Tour or a couple weeks ago. Uh, someone to look at uh, at a really, really cheap price. Brian Gay, another type of guy who will, who would plod his way through this course, has a good track record. There's some 6K plays here, man. Yeah, Austin Cook, 
I thought that's what you're going to say. He's another guy, one here, 11th here, coming off a 227th places, a 44th before that. He's actually playing some good golf. These are the types of courses you want to play him at. So 6,800, I like him. Michael Thompson, 6,800 could go there. Robert Streb, two-time winner. Tyler Duncan is basically Sam Ryder light, like another version of him. So I could play him. Bramlett played good golf last week. So yeah, there's a few guys down here, but not too much else that I love. And, and again, like I said, you won't need to go way down probably, but if you're playing those guys up top and then skipping over most of that 8K range, you can land in the sevens, no problem, with all the guys we mentioned at the low sevens. All right, let's go betting card. Tam, why don't you go ahead and get up first while I'm actually loads. Yeah, Mitchell, 35 to 1. Taylor Pendrith and Riley, both at 50 to 1. Justin Rose at 60 to 1. Sig at 80 to 1. And then my long shot is Kazire at 125. I got to see how it all shakes out. I didn't math it out yet, but the, you know, I, cause I just put the bets in those. I know I'm good, but the John Rom Finau double looks pretty tasty. Rom just destroys the DP world tour championship. And the Finau thing is like, it's not likely to go back to back, but man. The, I mean, don't, fact- uh, how, well, let's talk about that. I mean, he's by far the class of the field. I would say win equity wise for all you math heads out there who can figure that out. He has the highest win equity in this tournament. Yeah. I don't think it would. If you're I mean, just going a, math, if you're just going straight math, he has the highest win equity. He definitely had. Oh, he definitely had. I was trying to find the number. I didn't have it in front of me, but um, again, it, that's to each their own how they want to play it. But I would just say this is like you said, it is a, I saw a stat today. I forget who posted it, but it was like the drop off from him to the next. I think it was like him to second place was the equivalent of second to 22nd. So like how close they are, that's the gap between him and the rest. Well, I mean, of the I, it was something like some sick thing that Rick post Rick Gaynor posted where like, there's been like seven golfers who seven times someone has shot, you know, 20, uh, 20 strokes gain total in event. And I, I think Finau in the last like couple of years and Tony has three of them. Yeah. One of them might even be a man. The what? Remember the, <laughs> uh, the, the RBC where he shot all his out. wins it, are like by four five and three yeah rory yeah. won it but it was like still it's, crazy stuff where he's been yeah. just playing some incredible yeah. golf man so yeah. it's uh it's what is the wrong female payout what is the double payout i think it's got to be around 45 i think it's 10 to 1 and 4.5 to 1 so yeah 45 to 1 that sounds good to me i could throw that down i ain't got no problem with that uh, that would make the. I might have to do that one because I don't have Tony on my card. I think um, those are the odds, but yeah, that, that's my point. Again, you're you're counting on two of the favorites to win, but this would look like the time for it. The thing is with Euro, DP World Tour, I should say, is man, shit just hits the fan in that tour. It's a, a, every week I bet that Bearoff gets me to bet a re, our resident fill in our boy Ryan Bearoff gets me to bet that tour. I'm telling you, man, it is some of the craziest shit you'll ever see down the stretch i can't remember the last time i think we got a winner he wins them more than i do but i can't remember like i think i got one or two wins on it from following his stuff and just going with it but man the stuff that happens down the stretch of these dp world tour like events choke jobs right choke insanity job, like yes week. choke jobs yeah. like two holes to play up four like you feel like finau you, you know it's in the bag the, the books aren't even offered anymore and their last number they offered was minus 3500 like it's over yeah. there it is never over i think it was gavin green we needed him on like two holes to go up two or something. He double bogey 17 and then he can't even make the playoff or something on 18. Like just 
the most ridiculous shit that you'll ever that see. That seems to happen to Gavin show. Green a lot. I hear that happening it's to nuts, him. It's nuts, man. It's nuts. Just ah. bet his bets. You want the ultimate sweat? Follow Ryan Bear off on Twitter. Go bet his Euro picks and then watch what happens on Sunday. It's not, it's crazy. Hopefully you get some winners. He picks them throughout the season on the year, but man, there's a lot of times we just get the places. That's the difference. Yeah. All right. My betting card. So I want power 25 to one. I thought the number is fair in this field. I got no problem with power 25 to one Rose 45 to one. Um, Mackenzie Hughes, 50 to one. Sam Ryder, 150 to one. Shane, uh, and then uh, Tyson Alexander, 250 to one. That'll be my five. And then I okay. might add that double. You I got room. You may as well add the double. Get on board. Yeah. Imagine know, closing out the season with a double. That'd be that'd nice, be, right? That'd be uh, the that best finish nice. to a, a swing nice. season. But ever. no one would remember because we don't have a show until the last week of December. <laughs> we'll, Actually, get produ- uh, we'll get uh, our uh, producer uh, to clip the winning calls three to weeks in a row. We'll yeah, use it yeah. for the promo video. Cause that'd be yeah. epic. If we hit that running off the Henley, the Finau, and then a double to round it out. We're only picking five or six guys each week here. So I love it. I know, last fun. couple of weeks I picked like 12 and I'm like, yeah, I'm I should say that. that. You, you <laughs> I'm done with that. Over, but... Last two, last two, three weeks I've gone overboard. I, I, I realized I have to calm my ass down before I lose like all the money. The funny thing is, you know, I have a bankroll. When it comes to it, I have a $200 max that I bet that for my betting card every week. And I still fell into the $200. Uh, but now it was like using all the $200 every week, not like $130 one week, you know, $120 one week and stuff like that. It was just maxing it out every time. And yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that no more until I feel like it because it that's could it. happen. That's the swing season, man. That's the swing season. Let them know where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter, KendoVT, at KendoVT. Find my article on GupsCorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30% on a membership to Gups Corner. They got all, they got tools. They got articles. They got the chat. They got the whole shit down. Go check out Gups Corner. And you can find me on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. Add me there. I'm still going to be rolling out all the NFL stuff. This is just now get a little break from golf. Couples, you know, a couple extra hours a week is good, but we'll miss it. We'll be back in the regular season. Gonna find all my NFL stuff there. And then of course, rumpuresports.com. If you want to sign up, you'll see stuff on it on Twitter on my account as well. But you can sign up there using promo code RPS Heater25. All sports, one price. NFL, NBA, World Cup, soccer next week. There's going to be a bunch of stuff going on with big tournaments over on DraftKings as well to go with them. So check me out there. We'll see you guys in the regular season. Yeah, we'll have a uh, preview show for the upcoming 2023 season, probably the last week of December. Uh, But we get a month off. Thank fucking God. Let's win some motherfucking money, D-Gen Nation. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan Belfer. Second penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Sipping on Ciroc, trip them up.